and welcome to the Frame Your World podcast. I'm your host, Leanne McDuff. Frame Your World is a lifestyle business birthed out of my online business, Frame Your World. I'm a writer and artist and I'm here today to spark joy and inspire the world through my own journey of running an online business and working full time. Or I'm interviewing guests and hoping to inspire you through their story. I hope you will stick around and subscribe to today's podcast. Let me know in the comments if you enjoyed today's episode. Please do share it on Instagram, on the stories and tag at Co. all one word. I would love to connect with you. And today I've got a very special guest with me. So make sure you get your coffee, get your book and sit down to listen in to our podcast friend, Anna Shannon, who is coming back to chat some more with us on books and societies. And I know you're going to love it. So listen in and I'll see you on the other side. Welcome back to the Frame Your World podcast, Anna. It is a pleasure to have you here again. Thank you for coming back and joining us. How are you? Pleasure to be here. I'm very well, Leanne. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. And how are you? How have you been? Mm. I I've been I've been really good actually, and I feel like I've kind of embraced lockdown life. Um, yeah, I've been in Poland, so I was in Poland last month, uh, just for about a month. So I was combining working from home and seeing some of my family because I'm half Polish. Of course, yeah. Um, so with with being a like with the restrictions and things I wasn't sure if I'd be able to go and, and how that would look but um actually it worked fine so yeah I felt quite lucky in that regard oh that's awesome are you, are you still in Poland just now no I'm back in England now um and it's funny like because I was speaking Polish when I was out there to, to my family uh-huh. um and it's strange coming back and speaking English again I'm still <laughs> still adjusting to that um and also the pace of life as well I think like um it feels much more chilled out in Poland and I don't know why that is exactly but it just seems there's a bit more space to breathe I feel like in England there seems to be a lot of pressure even though we're all working from home now um I'm trying to bring that Polish chill side that I found into my life now (laughs) I think we could definitely be doing with that here I think so and I wonder if it's also the like when you're working from home you're you're literally the 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 boundaries are so blurred so you have your laptop in in a room or something but your work is at home so I think that's also perhaps part of it and I think being able to have a change of scene definitely um definitely helped me so I would recommend (laughs) recommend that if you can obviously like safely and and following all the restrictions that um that are needed but um yeah i have become a a regular visitor of my uh, partner's parents garden mm-hmm. <laughs> because we have we live in a flat so now obviously you're allowed to kind of go into people's houses and stuff or, or um and depending where you are I suppose but yeah I do mm-hmm. I do tend to go and visit have a cup of bring my mug and have a cup of tea in a garden when I can mm-hmm. <laughs> being friend. outside is so important absolutely I've been doing a little challenge personally as well where I'm running a mile every day um even when I don't want to just to kind of <laughs> just to kind of see what happens uh, when you do a little bit and often rather than saying oh I'll do like a really big run on a Friday or I'll do a really big exercise on Tuesday or whatever just to see what happens if you're doing 
it often and building that into a habit almost as well. Um, and a mile isn't like too long of a period or of a time. So I normally do it between like, if I'm really pushing, um, maybe seven minutes, 40 seconds, that's my fastest time. <laughs> um, but, you, but usually more around like the eight and a half, nine minutes um, a mile. So it's less than 10 minutes a day you're outside of the house. But um, it's honestly good. so important just to take a break from screens. Um, cool. And I've just found like, I only, so originally I start, thought I'd only do it for the month of July and just do 31 days. But um, now my next target is 50 days. So maybe it will just continue on. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. Healthy goal to have and very impressive. It's definitely something I need to improve on is the exercise part because you definitely don't take the breaks when you're working remotely. Um, Absolutely. And I think in the beginning as well, um, when we had like limited exercise where we were allowed out once a day, I think a lot of people really used that time. But since that restriction was no longer a restriction, I think actually the opposite happened, which is a really strange psychological um, <laughs> aspect when you think about it, when you have no choice to what you do to, compared to when you have so much choice, what you do with your time then. Um, there'll be some interesting reports and books I'm sure in years to come on looking back on this <laughs> yeah I think so <laughs> so I just wanted to chat today about societies I think it's something I'm really interested in I don't know a lot about and I know we talked on that briefly last uh, time you joined us on the podcast so I just wanted to get a, a kind of overview if you if you would from your uh, experience uh, on what societies are, what they do, just for anyone else who doesn't really know? Mm. Um, it's actually an interesting question because I think you can you can look at it on a surface level and also on a deeper level. But for me, I think societies are part of society, essentially. Um, and it's, it's like the literal coming together, I think, of people as, as individuals. And right now in, in this current situation we are, I think that can be in person or it can be online. And I think the common thread is that there's a shared interest with those people. Um, and within that group then to have like a chance to discuss or take any actions forward, such as events or workshops um, and things like that. Um, but I think as well as, as well as that kind of, I say basic definition, I think we can also go deeper than that. And I think we're actually um, all part of societies that we might not explicitly know that we are so we're not official members um like for example part of being a society within the area you live in so I definitely feel like I'm part of a society in Oxford just because I live in Oxford or I feel like I'm part of the Polish society because I'm half Polish or the Irish society because I'm Irish and I think it almost comes interchangeably with that word of community there yeah. um and I think societies and communities can be really similar in that sense and I just I was when I was thinking about this I was thinking of the quote no man is an island um and I was having a dig into that and um it was actually written by a poet called John Don I might have pronounced his name wrong but in the in the 1600s and he wrote an essay where that phrase um became quite famous and it's what we use today and the rest of that sentence goes, which I think is just really like profound. Um, he says, no man is the island entire of itself. 
every man is a piece of the continent, a part of the main. And like reading that today, I just think like, wow, we are all connected on so many levels that we don't even realize it sometimes. Um, and like when he was writing that essay, there's readings and interpretations of it that say that he focused on the interconnectedness between all of us as human beings, but also with God and that being the higher power. Um, and I think that's, that's a really uh, interesting way of looking at it. And particularly today, where it seems like society sometimes wants to divide rather than unite us, yeah. um, especially on, on platforms like social media, it feels. So it's actually reminding ourselves, what is society? And I think societies are part of society. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I, was, I think I probably went a, a little bit deep into that one. But I, when I was thinking about it, about what really is a society, I think it is, it's that bringing together of people um, in a positive way. Um, and it's, I, I can't really separate community from societies, I think. The more I thought about it, the more I, I couldn't do it. I love it. I love that you went deeper. I think it's so important of thinking about a society. Community is kind of an inclusive thing, really. An important thing to be thinking about in terms of the community and being connected and how we connect. Is there any particular societies that you are involved with that perhaps if anyone's listened who's not listened to the last episode or anything, um, and, and maybe if you your experience of societies and how you've got involved with societies? Yeah, um, so I think the one that I think I'm most heavily involved in is the Society of Young Publishers. Um, that has been a fantastic society to get involved with and I've been involved with it in, in different ways. So I've been involved with it as, um, well, as a non-member, just like following social media and then as a member and as um, one of the committee members now. And I think there is that um, multifaceted approach of being able to be involved with whichever society you want to be so with the SYP I think if anyone wants to get connected like quite quickly and easily and like really minimal cost to them in terms of time is to sign up to our newsletter and to follow our social media accounts because I think not just for the SYP but for any society you get a really strong flavour of what they're about and whether or not you want to take it further and become more ingrained into that particular society. Um, so for the SYP, there is um, different newsletters for the different branches because we have several branches uh, based on, on location um, and also different social media accounts based on location as well. But usually if you follow one, you'll probably see things from other branches because we tend to um, also um, support each other in that way. So for the SYP UK, um, the Twitter handle is at, at SYP underscore UK and Sophie Bunce is our communications manager who runs our social and newsletter for the UK branch. Um, and it's just like a great way of keeping your finger on the pulse in that sense. But I think if you want to become more involved, then you can also become a member. I think that as a word can be a bit scary because it feels like you're committing to something. And I don't mean it's scary in the sense of SYP, but just generally being a member of something um, feels very official. But I think it's, um, it's quite important if you're really passionate about a certain aspect of your life. So in this case, publishing. Um, but like, I think it just, it provides you with so much, so much more opportunity so that we we partner with quite a few um different 
businesses uh, and also societies. Um, and through through being a member, you you get special offers and discounts to be able to use that those partners may offer. Um, so I think that's a really great piece that we're doing. It's and we're promoting that on social media at the moment um, to really highlight what those who those partners are, so people can make um, best use of that. Um, and I think the third the third thing is um, becoming deeply involved is becoming a committee member. Um, and that can also feel like a big step to be like, oh, do I want to be that involved? But honestly, being part of SIP has been really like fantastic. Um, and the great thing about it, I think particularly, is that you can only be part of the committee membership for three years. Um, so there is constantly new people and like fresh ideas and fresh perspectives, but there is also the slight um longevity of being you can be involved for more than a year because i think if you're making any kind of real change sometimes it has to be more than a year because you're just getting the ball rolling as it were in that first year and i think during those three years this is my third year um the first two i was on the syp oxford branch um as treasurer to begin with and then as co-chair last year and then this year i am a member of the syp uk branch which um, like manages the other regional branches um, in a treasurer role. Um, so that's been really interesting to see the different sides of the coin as it were as well. Um, and if anyone is interested in applying for SYP um, to be part of the committee, their applications normally open towards the end of the year. So I'd probably keep an eye out from October onwards. Um, Scott, the Scotland branch is slightly different and they open around February, March time um, for anybody who wants to join in from Scotland. And having came along to the SYP conference last year, I have to say it is, they are the nicest community of people. So if you are interested in publishing, if you would like to get involved, definitely, like Anna said, keep an eye out. Absolutely. And I think also the thing about membership as well, if it's like um a society like SYP and you're somebody who works in publishing there is a high chance that your work could also help support it if, if it's a paid membership um, which I think is a really positive thing and I know different workplaces do 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 that and um, so it's worth talking to your manager about it if that's something that people um, would be interested in. And I wish it was something that I had actually came across before now I've been in marketing for just about 10 years and I've been in publishing for just coming up to three and I love publishing um, I would have, have to say until perhaps last year I wasn't really familiar with societies and mm -hmm. I definitely think it's an, I'm excited to have you on the podcast to have this conversation today and frame it for anyone because I know there are people out there who are looking at this now and I think being a part of that community is so important uh, whatever interest it is, if in, in this case we're talking about SYP and publishing, but uh, I do wanted to, I did want to stress and highlight today and encourage people today through the topic of community and societies and allowing ourselves to be a part of something to, especially when it's so easy to be isolated. Um, Absolutely. Um, I want to pick up just two points on that actually. Um, mm -hmm. So for for the SYP, I just also want to say it's not open just to young people. I know the name says Society of Young Publishers, but um, it's to open to anyone within the first 10 years of publishing. So it doesn't matter what physical age you are. It's about um, 
being your age in the publishing industry. So just in case anyone was wondering about that. <laughs> that, that was actually a question I was about to ask you. So thank you for answering <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> um, and I think the other point that you, you just mentioned about how important it is when in this time where many people might be isolated, um, it's, it's really funny you say that because I am I'm doing like an online drawing class at the moment, um, every Tuesday actually. Uh, every Tuesday evening and I'm not particularly I wouldn't say I'm not good at drawing because I think words have power and if you say you're not good at something then likelihood is you won't be good at that thing but it's not something I'd put on my CV I mean that's my that's my scale <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but I feel like I am part of that as a society even though it's a it's a class and um, uh you you can you can contribute if you like you can pay make a voluntary contribution or you can um not pay anything if you can't afford it which i think is really inclusive but i um i see these people on zoom every tuesday and i don't know them all um i know two of the girls uh, two of my friends do it with me um but i feel like we are part of a society together so the drawing class i know two of two of the girls that do it they're two of my friends um and even when I've been in like different places, I've had that like constant that I know that every Tuesday we're going to be drawing together and I'm connected with other people. Yeah. So it doesn't matter that I haven't maybe spoken to anyone all day if I haven't had a meeting or, or something like that. Um, it, it means that you will still have that human contact with people, even though it is online and it's, it's in a really like non-pressurized way because I think social online calls which have been really popular um are do take a lot of energy as well there's something definitely well personally anyway I find it more draining to have to constantly look at yourself and look at other people and then have online social uh, interaction that way but when you're focused on a similar topic like drawing or for example a publishing workshop um the focus is a lot less on you and actually you everyone is looking at one point of focus yeah. so you feel much more relaxed as well yeah um which i think is definitely really really important nowadays as well um so yeah society in terms in times of isolation is uh, yeah important i hope we carry that forward as well um to normal or new normal times that there is that benefit of building that community and society around us. Me too, I agree. I think it's interesting because we've really touched on that, you know, how COVID has impacted our events and it really has, um, in this period, in this season anyway, changed how we interact and how we mm -hmm. go about normal life. In terms of SYP, uh, are there online workshops, did you mention? So has it largely, how, how has it affected um, kind of the day-to-day -day, I guess mm. um in some in some ways I think there's quite a lot of positives because I think by being online fully it means that a lot of our members or non-members but people who pay to come to workshops and events can access them from anywhere so it's um so that I think that's I think that's a real positive that like like accessibility side of things yeah uh yeah we've had quite a few different online events and workshops across the different branches. So the SYP London um, had 
I think it was this month actually, had a how to start your own podcast workshop, which I think is very appropriate to be talking about today. <laughs> <laughs> it was run with um, Emma Ronan, who hosts the Slumbering Slothcast. And uh, SYP Oxford, they had a session on digital communication and publishing with Carlos Gimeneo, um, who is hands down like a brilliant person and public speaker. He ran a public speaking session in person last year um, when I was co-chair and he's just he just delivers so much pearls of wisdom that you just have to be constantly writing down in your notebook to be like ah I need to capture it all. <laughs> um, so yeah I'm pleased that he was able to support SYP Oxford with a digital communication and publishing workshop and then as well as workshops and um, events like that there's also virtual book clubs so the SYP UK, they are, um, we're having a monthly online book club every month. So this month it's The Vegetarian by Han Kang. And it's, uh, it's translated by Deborah Smith as part of the Women in Translation Month. Oh. Um, I haven't actually read the book myself, but uh, I think I might have to now because I think it looks very interesting. And I'm all about women, uh, women in translation. That sounds like, uh, yeah right up my street. interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, mm. And there's there's also been like other societies that have been doing things online as well. So um, I'm a member of the Oxford Publishing Society, which is headed by the brilliant uh, Polly Silk. Um, and they've had an event in May, which was technology and publishers making it work. And they had speakers from places like Wiley and the Book Machine and Learn Jam and things like that. Um, and that was really well attended. I think, if I remember right, Polly said it was maybe one of her best attended um, events for the Oxford Publishing Society, oh, I wow. think because it was online. So it meant that people could attend from wherever they were. Because I think it's tricky if you've got like different family commitments or you have working hours or you're or anything and you just can't get to a particular location for a particular time or the day doesn't work for you. But if it's online, it just seems a little bit easier, it feels like to me. I agree. I think that's definitely, in many ways, a positive aspect of perhaps the, the changes that we are seeing and being able to kind of get, have more accessibility, like you mentioned, and not being so restricted. I'm able to uh, get involved with a group, a connect group on a Tuesday mm -hmm. that uh, is based in Scotland, which is really mm -hmm. nice but I otherwise wouldn't be able to make it. But because, of course, we're in uh, a different season, then it's possible to, to kind of log on, which is quite nice. I think that's the thing, isn't it? There hasn't been like any geographical barriers now. Um, and it's, it's like embracing that. I do think there is an awful lot on offer online. So sometimes you do have to be quite selective with what you do spend your energy on. Because I think as human beings, we have only a certain amount of energy. So it's... Um, making sure we spend that wisely. <laughs> Very good advice. I've recently had to scale back on some of my uh, commitments because I was saying yes to too many things. <laughs> so yeah. just to ask a quick question just came in as you were talking. When it comes to joining a society, for anyone who's maybe feeling a little bit shy, and I know you've kind of really touched on this already, but do you have any advice in terms of coming into a new community that perhaps is online? Mm. Um, well, the first thing I'd say is 
you're not the only one that feels that. I think everybody is new at some point. And I think it's easy to forget that when you might feel that people have really good um, a relationship or good banter and, and you might not have that yet or, or not even be at that stage where you want to be involved in it yet. But um, everybody was new at one point. Um, and I think there is no harm in messaging people you know who might be part of the society you're interested in. Um, so I, I had recently somebody message me on Twitter, uh, not asking about society per se, but asking about a blog post I wrote for SYP about getting started in publishing to kind of ask what other advice um, I could give her. Um, what else could she be doing and how, does her experience marry up to working in the publishing industry and things like that and in terms of publishing specifically anyway the people are lovely um they are more than willing to help if you've got any questions or if you want to kind of attend an event virtually together like that's absolutely like fine um and i think as well it's almost it's almost something that the person chairing or running an event or a workshop or or that society should also take into account as well like how comfortable do people feel so with them with the art class i do on a tuesday it's run by an artist called china jordan and she is honestly so inclusive and just lovely at facilitating um she asks us a question every every tuesday when we when we start our class um that's not just a really simple question like what's our favorite beach in the world or what podcast have we listened to this week and everybody gives an answer and you and it really does break the ice um it just makes you feel like oh that's interesting like i can get a little bit of an impression of that person or vice versa and i think like yeah it's i think that is incredible that she does that she does it so well as well i feel like i know her even though i've only never met her online but I've been doing this for so many weeks now it just you just feel like part of that family um and I'd also say it's a little bit like uh a little bit like running when you first when you first start running you're like oh I don't know if I really want to <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing much more today but I'll just try and then you get better so like that initial step into a society might feel really scary but if you can make that first step then you're in for something like really wonderful um and soon you'll be running a mile or 5k or whatever it might be and in the same way you will soon be then ingrained into that society and you can't imagine not knowing it if that makes sense you make it sound so dreamy i love that that's <laughs> it's, it's i believe it's as dreamy as it sounds it's, it's really uh, helpful thank you Anna. <laughs> I think actually it's something I'm thinking about personally as well and I think it's um it's just yeah like you said taking that step and uh, mm. yeah it's good um have you got any plans in the future to do um any particular I know you mentioned you were doing your art class have you got any more plans in the future with SYP that you know of that people can get involved with or OPM? Mm. Um, well, I think with SYP, I think the best thing to do is to um, follow our social media and then you can find out everything that we're doing as, as it happens. Um, but I think like with the, the book club is coming up uh, soon for SYP UK, so people can get involved with that. 
But there's also um, a really great scheme that Iram Sati is running. So she's our inclusivity officer at SIP UK. And she's doing a, a blog series, um, how we got started in publishing to try and help um, publishing hopefuls join the industry. Yep. Uh, and highlight that there's so many different like ways into publishing. So I think like um, there is more to come on that. I think the next blog post is coming out next week. Um, so I'd stay tuned for that one. Um, it'll be interesting experience to see what happens with like things like our conference. Yeah, because when we we uh, we have a conference every year and and in the south anyway, it wrote it alternates between London and Oxford. Um, so I think we have to really like see what happens with that and what what the restrictions will be and, and what it is that our attendees will will feel comfortable doing as well. Um, so yeah, I think that that'll be an interesting one. I'm like 90% sure conference is still going ahead. So it just might look slightly different to usual years, but um, definitely, yeah, one worth keeping an eye out for. Um, and then I think personally about plans in the future uh, is definitely write more um, and like prioritize myself as a writer more because I think it's very easy to say you don't have time um, and then when you're given time because you can't actually go out or do that much what do you then do with that time so yeah it's um <laughs> it's it's a it's an interesting one but I think prioritizing ourselves um as um as as a writer or whatever it might be is a is an important one well, if you would like to share or uh, highlight any of your pieces, we'd definitely love to support that. Just let me know, Anna, and I'll make sure I share it on our channels. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's weird, isn't it? Because uh, writing feels like a very vulnerable, um, very vulnerable position to put yourself into because you're almost bearing your soul. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm getting, I'm working on that, you know, building up that confidence. Um, but yeah, thank you. That's, I appreciate that. Just recently started sharing my short stories on my Patreon account and mm. I haven't really written a novel before, but I've not published it or anything yet. But I remember when I first started to write stuff online and even now, to be honest, because it's still really fresh and new, uh, you do get that sense of oh, how are people going to find it? Hopefully they like it. But then you just realise it's like a band-aid. You've just got to rip it off and have a go. I think also we're quite critical of ourselves, aren't we? So um, it's easy to, to spot all the things you might do differently or all of that. But, um, you know, sometimes it's just doing it anyway and then you improve later. <laughs> so the practice as well, but the more you, you know, write, for example, the more you, whatever you're doing, I think I'm learning, you learn, you grow, you become less fearful of sitting down to write as certainly was my experience and you know mm. we continue to pursue our passions and just enjoy mm. the it's like the practice 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 thing we uh, we spoke about earlier it's just yeah it's sometimes it's just doing it even if it doesn't feel like you're necessarily good or as good as you want to be at it it's just doing it anyway and then yeah working that way feel the fear and do it anyway <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so I wanted to just squeeze in as well the new part of our podcast that I'm calling What's on the Shelf. And it really was just to kind of ask you if you had any current reads, any favourite reads 
even a podcast if you're listening to something I have so much to share on this so I'll um I'll just have to pick like the highlights (laughs) (laughs) um I actually started reading on Kindle very recently um just because I was away from home for a month so I wasn't able to take all of my books with me because it would have been too heavy so I took three books and a Kindle and was like well I'm just going to have to make this work (laughs) Um, and I have nothing against the Kindle per se but I just think like you can't be a good paperback book where you can highlight bold pages I can hear people gasping and saying that's not what you do but um, that is what I do (laughs) I I love a book uh, in that way Um, so yeah I downloaded quite a few Kindle reads that I had been reading um, I thought I'd share those first and then also a couple of paperbacks which I think are like essential reading um, mm. but the two that I wanted to share from the Kindle that I read recently is um, The Cactus by Sarah Hayward um, which has actually been picked up recently by Reese Weatherspoon's film company so it's going to be a Netflix film but it's just it's such a good book and it's um it's similar in style to Eleanor Oliphant feels totally fine and I loved that book I just thought there was this I don't know what it was this characterization of of this lady of Eleanor um that really spoke to me and I think in a similar way with in the cactus the the protagonist is, is Susan and she just there's something so I don't know just wonderful about the way she's written and constructed you can definitely see her physically and see who she is as a person it's um it's a really really good book um and the other one is nightingale point by luann goldie um and that's a really really interesting one it was long listed for the women's prize for fiction i think this year and it's a it's about um different people who live in a big tower block and then a plane crashes into the tower block and it's about what happens to their storylines after that and, and how they're interconnected. Um, and it tackles all sorts of things um, like uh, from gender and race and um, like also like poverty and wealth and, and all of that come, come into play as well. Um, and that, that, was a, that was a really good read. And then I think I want to talk about Invisible Women. Uh, I don't know if you've read it, Leanne, but by Caroline Criado Perez. Oh my, oh my gosh, this book. <laughs> if you haven't, you need to. <laughs> <laughs> it's on my list, actually. <laughs> it was, um, I had it sat on my bookshelf, uh, or my, my window, my windowsill, which is, counts as a second bookshelf for me, um, for maybe like a couple of months. And I thought, oh, I need to read it, I need to read it. And I never, never got around to it. But um, I just finished reading it last month and it's, totally eye-opening just about how women have had to kind of almost be seen as something other than the default male so we're also seen as an extra rather than a woman in your own right and I think that is just some a narrative that is hopefully changing but she um she writes in a way that is really accessible but also like scientifically sound So the book has got maybe 17 pages of references at the end. So you can check all of the studies that she's um, referenced. So it's not like just pie in the sky thinking, which I think will appeal to a lot of people because it has that um, credibility aspect 
to it. But um, she talks about things like GDP, how GDP uh, was, is calculated, not taking into account all of the unpaid work that women do. Yeah. Um, so for example, if a family goes out to eat, that contributes to GDP. But if, if somebody cooks at home, which is usually um, the, the woman's job, or not job, but woman's, it also the woman's responsibility a lot of the time, um, that doesn't, that isn't measured as a sign of productivity. So it's not, it's not counted towards GDP, which I think is a really interesting way of looking at it. She talks about things like rebuilding homes after disasters in places like, for example, in, in Sri Lanka after the Boxing Day tsunami, which, which it almost made me laugh. It was so ridiculous what happened there, but it's, it's not funny, but it's, you have, sometimes you just have to see how absurd it is. But when they were rebuilding the homes after the tsunami, they didn't include any kitchens because no women were included in the consultation. <laughs> of the rebuild so they thought oh well that's not you know we don't think about that I just think what <laughs> like really <laughs> um I know but that definitely that that did happen and it wasn't the only place it happened it also happened in India after an earthquake in 2001 so it's a it's a, it's a really interesting phenomena and I think also the idea that like women are different from men like it's not just that we're generally perhaps smaller or um, we have different reproductive parts or what, whatever, but like we are like different in so many ways, like even like the amount of pain we experience compared to a man um, and, and things like that. Like I think there was the, one of the studies in, in the books talks about um, lung capacity and if a man and a woman smokes the same amount of cigarettes, the woman has a 20 to 70 percent higher chance of developing lung cancer than the man wow. so there is like there is so many things that are like different about us and i think it's a difference that should be celebrated and i think this book does something that i haven't seen a lot of books do because it presents information very like in a non-aggressive way because i think there is the risk of thinking that a woman is better than a man or, or vice versa and I, I disagree with both of those I think that a man and a woman is they're both equally important um, and we're different but it's celebrating those differences to work together to have a fairer society for both of us you know yeah um, and it's yeah there's just there's so many things like um, like for example women we're usually considered out of position drivers um, because of how we how we have to move our seat forward when we drive because on the whole we tend to be smaller and um, so that means that we're more likely to be injured if we're in a in a car crash or, or things like that okay. um, so, <laughs> so much I need to reread it to kind of uh, to kind of get everything from it that I can um, like even down to office temperature like <laughs> um, like current offices are five do five degrees too cold for women on the whole um, because of our metabolic rate because our metabolic rate is different so of course our temperature is is going to be different you know that's um yeah oh yeah there's so much on that book but that is um that's what I definitely would recommend 100% thank you so much for taking the time to share that and share your um experience and just encouragement 
in community and societies. I really appreciate it. And I meant to ask you what if you were writing fiction, you, something you're exploring. Mm, um, at the moment, it's a, it's a mixture of things. Some some are non-fiction. Um, some are like more observations or like perceptions of the world I see around me. Um, ideally, I'd love to love to write a book, but I think that's um that's a very big undertaking. <laughs> um, and I think I'd have to really think about what value I'd be adding to to other people as well through that. Um, because I think ultimately a book should in some way help help other people, even if it's just one person, um, if, if it can. So, yeah, thinking about what that would look like and who I could probably help the most. Um, that sounds a little bit like uh, self-absorbed. I don't mean that I can help other people. I just mean more like your experiences can help um, shine a light on other people and their experiences as well. So it's like, yeah, championing the cause well if that makes I, sense that makes perfect sense but I will say that you have added extreme value to just the few minutes that you've kindly shared with us here both in this episode and in the previous for anyone listening I will link old what the initial episode not the old episode the previous <laughs> post lockdown <laughs> post lockdown episode yeah <laughs> Anna, you bring extreme value. So whatever you put your hand to, I know it's going to be great. And we're definitely sharing it on these channels. Um, oh, thank you. <laughs> I will make sure a link to your Twitter and your Instagram on the description below as well. Oh, that would be great. Yeah, thank you. If anyone would like to connect and follow Anna, make sure you do. And thank you so much again for joining us today. Yeah, and it's an absolute pleasure. I think it's a great thing you're doing with these podcasts because I think this is adding value to people to to actually talk to various people in, in the industry and not in the industry and just kind of help others who might be listening. So, um, like, yeah, thank you as well. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Well, thanks again for listening to today's podcast. It means the world. If you did like this, please like, subscribe so that we can notify you when the new episode drops. And until next time, frame your words so you can frame your world.